is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Hello and welcome to what is the 50th episode of What Shall We Do About, the show that tries to fix the world's less pressing problems. I'm so thankful that you've been listening each week. We've got to this milestone and I'll have more to say on that as well as some news at the end of this episode. For centuries, we've spent time questioning what we understand to be true. Is the Earth really round? Did man really walk on the moon? And what is going on at Area 51? Conspiracy theories have always made for a fun deep dive, and with the dawn of the internet, theories have been thrown around, debated, and even disproven. But more recently, conspiracy theories have become somewhat dangerous territory, with plenty sprouting around the origins of COVID-19. Even in the last week, QAnon, a baseless internet conspiracy theory, has been reaching news headlines. So what shall we do about conspiracy theories, especially in the year 2020? Maz Compton is a radio host and gym owner who a number of years ago became obsessed with conspiracy theories. We spoke about the conspiracy theories she believes may be true and also the importance of asking questions about the world around us. Maz Compton, welcome to what is the 50th episode of What Shall We Do About? Oh, congratulations, Sam. That's so exciting. I'm so excited to have you on board and uh, to, to be here for such a milestone because I've been a fan of yours for a long time. Well, thank you so much. And I'm a huge fan of conspiracy theories, so this has worked out quite well, hasn't it? It has, indeed. Um, now, look, I, I should ask, people know you from your radio work, your TV work, even owning gyms and running gyms, but I, I'm trying to look at where conspiracy theories fit into that whole picture. So, you know where I probably started, Sam, is I do remember I used to do a radio show uh, with a guy called Dan, it was the Dan and May show, and very early on in our radio relationship, I mentioned kind of as a joke that I thought the moon landing was faked and the reaction I got from Dan was so great that I kind of just kept going with that joke and then it kind of got to a point where I was like oh I'm going to do some digging around this sort of you know thing that I've thrown out there that maybe I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist and then I got so deep that I like for a season of my life was way too deep in conspiracy theory. <laughs> kind of started from this like innocent place of just riling up my co-host to then like me watching endless hours of documentaries of going through release government files. Like I was deep in conspiracy theory town. So you, you became obsessed with the whole thing. I sort of did and then I've since like maybe the last two years I've definitely <laughs> chilled out <laughs> and decided to do other things with my time. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Now, I think there's one thing to be obsessed with delving deep into conspiracy theories, but there's another thing to actually buy into them and believe them. Where do you sit? Are you are you someone who just fascinated in the idea of conspiracy theories or do you think that there's actually some merit to some of these? Yeah, so I, I'm studying psychology, actually, Sam. So I'm doing a degree in psychology. So I'm fascinated in human behavior. So for me, it's not necessarily that I do or don't believe in the conspiracy theory. I just love researching stuff. And I'm fascinated by what people do really get fired up about and passionate about and believe with their whole hearts. So if I'm being super honest, I do think that the moon landing was faked. Right. 
I have watched a video on YouTube called Something Funny Happened on the Way to the Moon. And after watching that, I was like, hmm. And also with the technology that we had back then, it would have been possible to fake it, film it in a studio, broadcast it to the world. You couldn't do that now because there's too much high tech technology. You couldn't get away with faking something like that now. You can only fake the news now. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So back then, because of the limited technology, everyone had to crowd around the one television in the household to watch a really um, huge event. But when, if you look at the political agenda of K JFK saying, we're going to put a man on the moon before the end of the decade, and then they did it in 1969, just in the nick of time. Uh, that's interesting to me. So there's a few, like I have really dug into that one, and I do, I really don't, think that happened <laughs> but that doesn't mean it didn't I just I find it really hard to believe also like it's 2020 sometimes if I'm driving over the Sydney Harbour Bridge my phone reception cuts out and I get cut off from my phone conversation so how the hell did we call the moon back in 1969 <laughs> and have like a clear line so that Neil Armstrong could say what he said. I'm All I'm saying is I look at this with a bit of a critical mind these days and I'm yeah. asking some critical questions and I'm just coming up blank on that one. So for those who haven't delved into the, the conspiracy theory around the moon landing, what are the main arguments to prove that it was in fact faked? Okay, so the big ones, there's the physical evidence. So there's doctoring of photos by NASA. Um, that's a big one. So there are, um, I mean, all you have to do is Google image search like moon landing fake and you'll see a whole bunch of images that people, the conspiracy theorists believe that NASA doctored and faked the images of the people on the moon. The other big one is this YouTube movie that I just mentioned. Um, something funny happened on the way to the moon. So what I believe happened is that they went into orbit, but they didn't go to the moon. And when you watch this video with actual footage, like the cameras are in the rocket. So the astronauts are being filmed for the few days that they apparently went to the moon and back. Interestingly enough, NASA, who you would think would have a good filing system, managed to lose a, a good chunk of those video recordings. Mm. So that's interesting. But just look at the thing that they came back in from the moon. My 18-month-old son could build something that looked more robust than that thing that <laughs> apparently got the team back from the moon safely. It looks like it was made out of cardboard, sticky tape and alfoil. Okay, that's the moon landing, and I'm not. I haven't. I haven't drawn the lines here. I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything except for this, Sam. Were you there? No, no, so I was not. How would we ever know? So, um, the other thing in recent times, Buzz Aldrin tweeted that the moon landing was faked, and then quickly deleted that tweet. And the other interesting thing is a, an interview with a famous director who says that he filmed the fake moon landing and he released this sort of statement just before he died. Right. So there's that as well. So I'm like, he wanted to clear his conscience. But if we go, I mean, I, I imagine in future we're going to go to the moon again and if we see the American flag is still there, that's obviously going to prove that they went there, right? Is it though? 
All right, let's move on. Let's talk about other conspiracy theories. The moon landing is the big one, but what are some yeah. other big ones that go around some of the most enduring conspiracy theories through time? The next biggest one, and this one I did a lot of digging on and I don't believe that the earth is flat. Mm. But I've got to be honest with you, there was a season where I was like, I mean, it feels flat to me. I mean, I'm walking around and the water level is level. And so how do you, like, I mean, you just put water in a glass and it's level because the the bottom of the glass is flat. Mm. And so when when you start there, uh, it's really easy, I think, to to get carried away with the earth is flat conspiracy theory. But there's a few ones there that are out of my scope of knowledge, like gravity, the theory of gravity, PS, it's still a theory, Um, but gravity apparently plays into it. And then the other thing, like I've looked at the videos on YouTube that um, like one of the angles that flat earthers use is that the flight paths that we um, use in international travel work better on a flat earth than a round earth or a sphere earth. And so there's a few videos where there's a couple of flight paths where you look at and you're like, yeah, no, that, that makes like, why are you going there to go there to go there? Like wouldn't you just go straight there? And then if you do the flight path on a, a flat earth, it makes sense. So there's a few, again, like if you, if you just look at the headlines, you go, ah, the flat earthers, like, what are they talking about? But then, I don't know, I've kind of sat back and looked at it a bit critically and gone, I get, I get what they're saying. It feels flat to me. Do you mm. feel like you're upside down? We live in Australia. <laughs> I mean, the blood's not rushing to my head, I don't think. Yeah. They, there was an experiment that um, a group of flat earthers tried to do to prove the earth was flat by, I guess, disproving the curvature of the earth's surface existed. So they put like a big kind of tent pole thing at one end of the ocean and then went a certain distance and put another tent pole and then they tried to get a laser beam to go to the same points on the tent pole, right? Mm. So the point being, if the if there was curvature, it would be at different points on the tent pole. The laser beam wouldn't be able to go to the same points on the tent pole. Um, but that experiment failed. And so there is no, I guess, concrete evidence that the earth is flat, even though some people argue that the curvature of the earth is a bit out of whack. Like you shouldn't be able to see certain things in Hawaii from one island to the next if the curvature is at the certain, but I'm not a mathematician. So, (laughs) I mean, we start talking about numbers and I just tune out. (laughs) And that's fair enough because I also am not a mathematician and I was terrible at maths at school. But I had a few weeks ago on the podcast uh, Kirsten Banks, who's an astrophysicist, and we talked... Oh, my God, I'm jealous. Oh, she's fantastic. She's only 23 years old too, which is crazy. Oh, how amazing. But um, we talked about whether there's life out there, and I'm sure there's plenty of conspiracy theories about life out there. What did she say? She believes there is, because she says if the universe is as big as it is and we haven't explored so much of it, surely there's another place like Earth out there. Yeah, I think for a long time I was like, no, we're definitely the only, like, we human beings are created, we are, um, you know, unique, we're, we're our own thing. And mm. then I was like, hang on a second. Surely, like, surely there are, there has to be other forms of life out there. Maybe we will never interact with them and maybe that was designed on purpose. 
Maybe they're so far ahead of us in their advancement. Maybe they're so far behind. Who knows? But I, I, I think it's a, it's kind of arrogant of us to to be like, we're definitely the only race in the entire universe. Um, but I love how like there are sightings of UFOs, and there's some the the other cool thing about the internet now is like we can see you can go and like. Go and have a look. There are videos and it, it's hard to not believe that they are UFOs. Um, and then there's the whole Area 51 Roswell cover-up. Like that, that I think is so fascinating. There's mm. some great documentaries on what are they covering? Why is the airspace over Area 51 a no-fly zone? That's interesting. What are they hiding? Maybe it's the studio that they filmed the fake moon landing at. I don't know. It's Sam, it all kind of just weaves back together, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. And and I think that's part of the issue with conspiracy theories is that there is so many loose ends that you can tie them together with all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, and I think the other thing I love about if conspiracy theories didn't exist, then whistleblowers wouldn't exist. And, so, and I love a good whistleblower. I love someone who's worked at the CAA and then 10 years later is like, I'm going to flip the lid on this one, guys. Let's talk about MK Ultra and just, and then it just goes bananas. So I'm a huge fan of the whistleblowers. I think they're doing a good job. I was thinking about the fact that, you know, we live in this age of the internet. And so on one hand, there should be enough proof on the internet facts to be able to say that, you know, these are just conspiracy theories, they can't be true. But on the other hand, the internet's kind of like a, almost a breeding ground for conspiracy theorists and discussion. 100%. That's why there are so many conspiracy theorists now is because, first of all, uh, human beings are hardwired for connection and you want to hang out with like-minded individuals. That's what we like doing. So if you are a conspiracy theorist and you believe X, you're going to want to hang out with people who believe X and then you all tell each other that you're right and then that all of a sudden becomes your tribe. We love doing that as human beings. And the internet has created this amazing platform where we can connect with people with like-minded ideas, even though they might be far-fetched, it's it's that common denominator that we want to connect over. So the other thing with the internet that is problematic is you can't, you're saying, Sam, and I agree with you that there should be more proof, but anyone can say anything. Mm. and put it on the internet and there's no way to, I guess, prove that anything is right anymore. Back in the day, you'd go to an encyclopedia or, you know, a primary source of information like an academic research paper or a psychological study or something like that and people just don't do that now. They see a meme and they're like, oh, Abraham Lincoln said, do you want fries with that? Because they've seen it on a meme and mm. he didn't, FYI. <laughs> no, obviously. When you're diving into these discussions about certain conspiracy theories, even ones that you know could not be true, is there a part of you that wishes it was true, just so you could say that you're upsetting the the, the things that we know and the things that we say are truth? The things that I'm really fascinated about, Sam, is our... So historically... In the ancient times, what was going on back then? So the, the things like, I, you know, have a bit of a laugh about the fake moon landing, how, you know, and flat earth, yep, cool. Mm. But I like look back to Egypt, man. And if you start looking into the pyramids, they're not burial grounds, dude. 
They are positioned, the pyramids are positioned on certain lines of energy on the earth and they actually align with particular constellations in the sky. Now do not sit there and tell me that that is an accident. So I, I'm fascinated by like what was the purpose of that all of those years ago? Did the ancients have technology that we, that somehow got wiped out in like a mass flood or like, you know, something that happened here on earth and we've had to start again? And, you know, the whole like interplanetary travel, that sounds crazy. Now I sound like a bit of a nut. But like when you look at certain ancient sites, they do look like airports and there are certain points where you could land a type of flying object should it have existed back then. That's the kind of stuff that I love. Like how did way back in the day, the big monoliths, the big megaliths, like the huge rocks that cannot be moved by man at all, you would need, uh, you know, some form of main, main huge crane. Mm. How would they cut exactly straight with such precision like it was done with the laser when we know that lasers didn't exist back in those times although all that stuff that blows my mind because i'm like what have we missed what was the technology back then and did we lose all this technology and now we've had to reinvent the human race kind of thing is there any part of you that i mean you've been doing media for a long time and you, you said you're studying psychology but is there any part of you that just after delving into these things wants to become a scientist and just go and work these things out for yourself <laughs> look at the proof like go to egypt and try and uncover what really went down thousands of years uh, ago yeah if i had my time over again maybe i i don't know i love studying but then i also just love not thinking about and so if, if it was my career i think because i do everything with such gusto and 110 percent, like i just wouldn't rest until i found the answers and i don't think we'll ever find the answers and so for me it's like a fun little hobby like and i also love just being in conversation and i tell you what i pick my audience like i choose who i bring this stuff up with because people can get really fired up mm. um but i do love dropping the odd like fake moon landing comment in a conversation just to see what people think and just to see their reaction. Mm. So this year, 2020, a big conspiracy has come out around oh. co coronavirus. There's about 100 conspiracies. Exactly. I, I, I have, I'll share an article that I read from The Guardian um, Then I'll, and I'll pop it in the show notes of this podcast as well. It says here, Professor Axel Burns uh, or Bruns, I should say, a leading internet researcher from the Queensland University of Technology, was interviewed by The Guardian and has been researching misinformation related to the planned 5G network during the COVID-19 pandemic. He agrees that under the umbrella of the pandemic, the borders between different corners of in internet conspiracy have begun to vanish. He says, uh, quote, the example of 5G gives all of these disparate things, that it's a dangerous technology because it's linked to some sort of electrofog, or that it's the trigger for some sort of biological weapon, or that it's linked to the coming of the Antichrist. Now, Maz, I know that you know delving into conspiracy theories can be a bit of fun, but is it dangerous to ruminate on conspiracy theories that are really, at their essence, can be misinformation? Yeah, 100%. I think that's how... Look, I've heard several conspiracy theories about the plan-demic that some people refer to it as. I've heard that the coronavirus has been created to give the one world government permission to create a, 
a vaccine that will wipe out the population as a form of population control because there's too many people on the planet. I've also heard about this, there's this whole one world government thing that I think comes from religious text of Revelation in the Bible, talks about all of that stuff. Like the, So there's this like really evil, like Lutheran, like, you know, these rich evil people that are running the world and they're going to have this one world government and one currency and the pandemic has been again created to uh, uh, move their agenda forward but like at the end of the day sam this is how i look at it like when i first read about coronavirus i was like meh isn't it just the flu and why are we all freaking out about it but the whole entire world has been shut down for the very first time in its history which is a very big reaction. So either there is no conspiracy theory and coronavirus is a thing that the World Health Organization felt the entire planet needed to shut down. We had to stop international travel. We had to, you know, remain close to our homes. We had to stop um, seeing our friends and our family members and do, in order to contain this virus that is deadly to people with compromised immune systems, or it is one of the conspiracy theories. And I don't, the ones that I've read are really intense and hardcore, and I don't want to live in that world. So for this one, I'm kind of turning a blind eye mm. because I, I feel that it's dangerous. And the other thing with now is, like I said before, Sam, anyone can say anything. Anyone can film a video and put it on Insta Story. Anyone can, you know, upload their opinion on YouTube, and it can become factual, but it's not. At all, it's just one person's opinion, but it, we feel entitled to our opinions now and our opinions are right. And I think the bigger question is like, where, when did it turn in history where we weren't even like consider a, a difference of opinion? Where, was he, where has healthy debate gone? How come I'm not allowed to have my opinion now because it might offend somebody and we can't get offended anymore? And that to me is the bigger thing of like, what is this doing to our communication as a human race it's i feel like that's destroying us more than the pandemic it's a very valid point and i think uh, we, we we have seen that more than ever this year with these different like so many different conspiracy theories around this COVID 19 pandemic like you're right it hasn't just been the one thing about the 5g towers it's been an array of stuff yeah, and I, I don't think it, we're at the end of it. I think there's going to be more. Um, I will say one thing on the vaccine. Um, I spoke to a, a really good mate of mine who's a doctor about, like, when's the vaccine coming? How do we feel about the vaccine? And because there is a lot of uh, talk around pro-choice, which is, you know, the group of mm -hmm. people that aren't necessarily anti-vaccine believers, but they're also not um, definitely going to get, you know, they sort of sit in that, sort of middle ground of mm. like I'm pro I should be able to choose it's my body and I totally get that but he said this he's like look at the end of the day if there were two planes leaving the airport and one was being flown by a pilot and the other was being flown by a celebrity chef I'd be getting on the one being flown by a pilot and I'm like that is a really great filter to put on the information we listen to from particular people just because you have an opinion about something it doesn't mean you're an expert or you're right mm. Okay, so you have, uh, I, I love that you've spent so much time looking at conspiracy theories. You subscribe to some, but not others. If people are listening to this and they think, oh, I'd like to have a deep dive like you have, they become obsessed 
with conspiracy theories and reading up on them. What advice do you have to them to make sure that they stay level-headed in the whole situation? I guess um, the, one of the main things that I've learned so far from my psychology study is to think critically and to ask good questions and that's how you find the truth. And so that would be my advice if you are going to take a deep dive. So first of all, if there's somebody listening to this and they are just like, Maz Compton, you're insane, like you're a nut, I would just say to them, hey, but have you have you asked any questions? Have you, like before you judge me, have you gone on your own journey to find your truth and where you sit on this rather mm. than not being informed at all? Like an informed opinion is good. And healthy debate is good. And yeah, you might take a deep dive into conspiracy theory and and like me, some you're like, yeah, that's maybe believable. And like, I don't think the royal family are reptiles. I just don't. But there are people out there that swear that <laughs> the royal family are a reptilian race. And we laugh. But some people really do believe this. And that's okay. That's okay too, because they either are or they aren't, and and I guess we'll never really know. But if you're going to take a deep dive, go for it. But just ask ask questions and and think critically about like don't just be negative like thinking critically means remaining open-minded and don't just slam someone because they have a different opinion to you like let them have it that that is okay we like i said the the theory is just a theory until it's proven and no one can like no one can really prove the moon landing or disprove the moon landing anymore because it happened so long ago we'll say that about coronavirus in 20 years time or 50 years time or whenever the government can release the files or whatever but ask good questions and go and have fun with it <laughs> Maz Compton I've been so thankful for your time and also just <laughs> the fact that you've looked into stuff that I haven't yet and I don't know if I will to be honest but um that's okay. You, and you don't have to either. I just, for me, it was a little bit of fun. I took it a bit too far and now I've reined it in. Yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, as we finish, what shall we do about conspiracy theories, Maz? Um, let's just, let's keep them going. <laughs> let's come up with new and wilder conspiracy theories because for some people, it, it's the thing that keeps going for them. It's the gift that keeps on giving. As long as they're not harmful ones, right? Yeah, let's not take it too far. Let's put some healthy boundaries around that. And um, if you can somehow work out how to do that, Sam, that'd be great. I'll get back to you, Maz. Um, thank you so much for jumping on the pod, especially on this 50th uh, edition. Really appreciate it. That's cool. Thanks for having me on. Maz Compton can be heard alongside Gaundy on Hit New South Wales Breakfast, weekdays from 6 till 9am. And may I say a big thanks to you for listening and downloading. I'm absolutely thrilled and, to be honest, a bit surprised that we've got to 50 consistent weekly episodes together. And I couldn't have done this without your listens, feedback, reviews and support, as well as the keenness of guests to jump on the show. I've got plenty to be thankful for. That all said, though, such a milestone provides a good moment to hit pause and go on hiatus for a little bit. I'm pleased to share that I'm working on a new podcast about a classic Australian television show, which you'll hear about pretty soon. But I'm also happy to report that What Shall We Do About will return with a new season in 2021. There will also be a couple of episodes landing in your feeds before the end of 2020. So do stay subscribed and connected to the show on socials. I genuinely hope that you'll keep listening. And if you've listened and enjoyed the show but haven't yet connected, I would love to hear from you. Please email me at whatshallwedopod at gmail.com. 
And a big thanks to Chad Gardner from King's Kaleidoscope who made this wonderful theme music you're listening to right now. And Ali Barnes who has supported this show with ideas and comments along the way since day dot. You have been listening to What Shall We Do About. My name is Sam Robinson. I will see you before you know it. Stay subscribed. <laughs>